In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I will build my church, Jesus says. And from my rather short yet pretty intense experience as a mission executive, I've learned that we leaders in the church typically hear those words in one of two ways. Jesus promises, I will build my church, and we hear that as freedom from God's mission, or we hear that as freedom for God's mission. Those who hear it as freedom from God's mission think, great, Jesus is promising to do it all. I'll preach the pure word, and I'll correctly administer the sacraments, and if anything good comes from it, it will be all his doing. It's his promise. It's his mission. It's his responsibility. There's nothing left for me to do. Those here who hear these words as freedom for God's mission think, great, I have been blessed with significance. I get to make a difference in eternal matters. I will invest the best I have in this promise, in this mission, in my heavenly Father's family business, and if anything good comes from it, it will be all his doing. It's his promise, it's his mission, and woot, woot, I get to play a part in it. I will build my church, Jesus says. How do you hear those words? Tom Brown was born to be a church planter. After successfully planting one new congregation in Ham Lake, Minnesota, and another in Chaska, Minnesota, he was called by one of our Minnesota South congregations to plant a brand new congregation in St. Peter, Minnesota, a community in which there was no LCMS presence whatsoever. St. Peter is also the home of Gustavus Adolphus College, a large ELCA University that currently has an enrollment of about 2,500 undergraduates. Gustavus Adolphus is the primary employer in St. Peter, Minnesota, which only has as a community about 11,500 residents. Now, St. Peter, Minnesota, much like Gustavus Adolphus itself, is outspokenly liberal in just about every way that you can imagine, especially when it comes to the trendy topics. In this place, if, if you're not in favor of the newest, most non-traditional views of marriage, family, gender roles, and the like, you're simply not going to be a player in the community. Ever since my first visit to St. Peter, Minnesota, I could not shake the impression that a dark spiritual pall was hanging over the community, and, it was, and that it was a good thing that we were going to be planting a confessional Lutheran church in that city. But then the problem started. Uh, our new church that, that took the name River of Life Lutheran Church, uh, well, it started as a Bible study in Tom's home. 
It soon outgrew that venue, however, and needed to find a larger space. Tom went to the area public schools, like many church planters will do, and asked if the new congregation could rent space from one of them. Every single public school in St. Peter either refused to rent him space or offered space to him at such a ridiculously high rent that it made it impractical to sign a lease. So Tom went to the president of Gustavus Adolphus College and asked if the new congregation could rent space there. The president looked him in the eye and told him, no, twice. He said that Tom and the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod were too narrow in matters of doctrine and practice to fit in on that campus. Tom finally found a place, a local museum, that would let him and River of Life rent their back room. It was a space that could hold up to about 60 people, and in six months' time, River of Life outgrew it. Also in that time, the original deal for renting the facility shot from $50 a week to $500 a week. But Tom is a church planter. He has a heart for lost people and a heart for the St. Peter community, and he's creative. Uh, one of the members of his congregation owns a flower shop, so what did Tom do but volunteer his time for an entire week at that flower shop. It was the entire week before Valentine's Day. During that week, hundreds of people entered and exited that flower shop, and Tom Brown got to meet them all. And the two church continued to grow. Now there were 70 in worship, and they had hit a ceiling of sorts. There was no space in town, in that town, that they could afford to rent. No place for them to go. But Tom is a church planter, and in his moving about that community, he had gotten to know a young woman who was the director of the local Good Samaritan retirement community. He offered to be a chaplain for anybody in that facility that ever needed a pastor. Uh, Tom and this lady got to know each other, they got to like each other, they got to trust each other. Now then, next door, there's this good, good Samaritan retirement community. Next door to that community sat a Good Samaritan 40-bed nursing home on seven acres of land. Good Samaritan was getting out of the nursing home business in St. Peter and was in the process of relocating all those nursing home residents to other facilities. The woman back at the retirement community knew that that building and lot would be put up on sale for good, by Good Samaritan, so all on her own, she contacted the Good Samaritan home office down in Iowa and told them about Tom and River of Life. A month or so later, Tom got a phone call from the man who manages all of Good Samaritan's properties. He said that he had heard that River of Life needed a building. He said the nursing home and the property it sat on had, had, had an assessed value of $1.6 million. He said that he would sell it to Tom for $800,000. Tom gulped. And then he phoned me up so I could gulp too. 
It was being offered to us at well below market value, but there's no way that we could saddle a brand new church of 70 people with an $800,000 mortgage and upkeep and maintenance of a large building. We had to tell the nice man down in Iowa, thanks, but no thanks. River of Life continued to limp along for the next number of weeks, but because they had no space, they pretty much stopped growing. They were becoming disheartened and they were beginning to lose momentum. Out of the blue, the good Samaritan man phoned up Tom once again. He was willing to sell the building and lot to us for $300,000. Tom and I gulped in unison. This was something that we had to pay close attention to. So we, so we uh, called a meeting of the members of our, our Minnesota South Missions Committee and Finance Committee, and for three straight hours, we proed and conned that proposal half to death. And in the end, I believe that consecrated common sense reigned. Even though it was tempting, even though uh, it was a, a great deal, there was no way that we could saddle a congregation of 70 people with a $300,000 mortgage. No way. But Tom is a church planter, and his heart was broken by this decision because he knew that if he didn't find space for River of Life to meet soon, the opportunity for that congregation to grow and flourish in that community would soon pass. He was so upset that he came tonight my next missions committee meeting and he poured his heart out to that group. So distraught over the idea of having to fold up the mission church and walk away from that community, it was eating at his soul. It, he even stuck around afterwards. That's when I grabbed him by the hand and I invited a, another one of my colleagues. We went into the office. We closed the office door. We sat down. We joined hands and we prayed together that God would make a way for River of Life. Be, we were at our wits' end. There was no next steps. There was no Plan B. And, and then we parted company. Uh, Tom walked out of the building. He got into his car, and he started driving back towards St. Peter, Minnesota, and I got on with my job. And 20 minutes later, I came out of my office, and I looked at the waiting area, and, and there sat Tom Brown. And, and I said, uh, what, what are you doing back here? I mean, if you want to pray some more, that's fine, but I think God heard us the first time. He said, you need to sit down and listen to this. And he pulled out his cell phone, and he opened up voicemail, and he started to play it. It was the Good Samaritan property guy down in Iowa. The Good Samaritan board had just met, and the Good Samaritan board of directors had just decided to give the property to Minnesota South District and River of Life Lutheran Church. But two months later, River of Life held its first public service in its new building. 175 people showed up. The picture that you're holding 
This is a picture of that event. It's captioned, it's captioned, Jesus is building his church. And that is exactly what is happening here. Brothers and sisters, Tom is a church planter, and God used him to do this. Seeing this, knowing this, having played a part in this, I am reminded that we are never, ever in mission alone or on our own. Rather, the Savior who saves us from sin and secures our place as sons and daughters of the King is the same Savior who honors us and blesses us by including us in the family business of building his church. He used a, plant, a church planter named Tom to do this. He will use you too. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.